they don't you don't want to use a uh, a song and then you got to pay for it. Honestly, right. so we just came up with an original. All right, ladies and gentlemen, let's go to the hotline and welcome back to the show a guy you can see at the Capitol Theater tonight. This is a music legend. This is Kenny G. Kenny, how are you, sir? I'm good. I don't know if I'm a legend, but thank you for saying that. Oh, 100%. Yeah, 100%. I mean, uh, you can be, I I genuinely believe you're a humble guy, but years from now, long after your death, people will look back at you. I said this to Slash one time. Long after Slash is dead, people will remember the long hair and the top hat, and they will always remember the curly hair and the saxophone from you. That's just, it's it's part of our culture now. Good, good to know. I'll, that means that I'm going to keep my my uh, conditioner endorsement. In <laughs> <laughs> I I have to tell you, you've been on this show one time before years ago when we did afternoons. You were coming to town, and I, I said, you know, I heard Kenny G's a a good guy, and he can he can you know poke fun at himself and stuff. I said we should get him on the show, and we did, and it was a great interview. But I have since oh good oh you were fantastic. But I have since seen the documentary that they made about you, and I have. An entirely new. I've been singing your praises all morning. You, you have had. I mean, people know you for your music, but you've done. You've excelled at almost everything that you've that you've done. Uh, well, um, you know, thank you for watching the the documentary. I mean, that I was super flattered when HBO approached me about doing that. I thought they were actually kind of kidding because I thought, well, what are you really that interested in it? But it turned out to be really cool and. For people that haven't seen it, it's not just about me and my music. It's also about how there's there's a group of let's say jazz uh, of critics that are really not happy with my success. <laughs> we talk about. I thoroughly enjoyed that. In fact, uh, I, I, we're, I'm going to jump around a little bit. One of the things is they have these jazz critics on there, and they kind of crap on Kenny. But for the most part, most of them come around at the end, except that one bald guy. He still hates you. Well, I don't know if he hates me, but. I don't think he can. I don't think he can get himself to say nice things. In fact, <laughs> at the premiere of the of the thing in New York, he was there, and I had never met him before. And I remember coming up to him after the whole thing was over. I said, "His name is Ben." I said, "Hey Ben, let's at least shake hands." I said, <laughs> "I thought I said I thought you were great in the movie." I said, "I said to him, I think he didn't know what to think of that because he probably thought I didn't like him, but I thought he did a really good job." Well, he was he was good, and I genuinely believe that he felt that way about what he was saying. And he wasn't so much saying that Kenny was no good. He felt that uh, what he did and what jazz was is not wasn't his thing, and it was more commercial and blah blah blah. And so I didn't think he was like a bad person, but I did not like Pat Metheny coming out. Pat Metheny is a jazz guitarist. He's played around here a lot, and Pat Metheny at one point. Um, uh, Kenny did a duet with uh, Louis Armstrong, mm-hmm. where, of course, Louis Armstrong is dead, but that was a thing that he's seen Natalie Cole do it with her father and all that. And I thought that was great. And I think the technology of bringing old school and new school together in anything is is fun to watch. And you had the permission of his family and all that stuff. And Pat Metheny wrote this scorching letter. And, uh, you know, it was almost threatening at some point. But to me, as an outsider who couldn't care less about the music, I thought that he was just having a desperate uh, call for attention because he's very jealous. This is a guy who has been a, a prominent jazz guitarist who had not had near the success that you've had over the years, and it, it just screamed jealousy to me. Well, I don't know. You know, I don't know him well enough to know whether that's true, that's actually what was going on with him. But you know, I just ignore all that stuff. That's, I think that's the whole point is that you know, if you if you love what you do and you and you you know, I've been doing it my whole life, so. I've dedicated my life to becoming a good saxophone. I mean, I practice every day. So today, 
when I get to the venue. I'll get to the venue at one o'clock. I'll probably eat a little bit of food, and then I'm going to practice probably two, oh, about three hours. Uh, and then we do our sound check, and then we do our concert. And then I finally get to eat my dinner, probably about 11, 11 o'clock tonight. And then we, uh, then we take a bus ride to uh, Fort Pierce. Is that, yep. is that sound yeah. serious? And yeah, that's not what too we do tonight. So I, I forget about all that stuff. I just, uh, I just concentrate on what I do, which is practice, get the, the, to be the best I can on the saxophone, and put on the best shows we can. And I'm psyched about our show tonight because we, uh, you know, we've been on the road now for the last month. So what happens is that you get to be so... We're, we're so in tune with each other. It's really fun. Like, you know, it's like when we first start on our tour, yeah, we're just kind of getting our chops back and everybody's kind of getting the feel of being on the road. But now we're, we're like really cool. So when people come to see us tonight, it's going to be fun because we're, we're feeling like a, like a team that's, that's playing really well together. Good. Would you like to uh, explain yeah. to Kenny the difference between him and our band that hasn't played <laughs> since Christmas and has not practiced well, once? In my mind, when he said he practiced <laughs> for three hours, I was like, what more could he learn in those three hours? Three hours is more than your show is going to go. Of course it is, but it's my it's it's like um, it's like an athlete going to the gym. You're you're working out. You're you're getting stronger, and then you go play the game. So yeah. that would be like saying somebody like Tiger Woods. Well, why do you even have to go to the driving range? You're already a great golfer. Well, he probably spends more time on the driving range than he would actually spend out in, in a round of golf because he's he's fine tuning his skills and he, and he's getting his uh, you know his um, his mechanics together. So that's what I'm doing, and I do that every day because that's my commitment. Have you ever uh, measured your lung capacity or how long you can hold your breath or how long you can push he, out? He holds the Guinness oh, World Record okay. for the longest note. Oh, nice. What, 25 minutes? Yeah. Uh, it was 40, 45 oh, oh. minutes. I'm sorry, 45 uh, I haven't minutes. Measured my, I haven't measured my lung capacity. I've measured other things, but I don't think... Kenny <laughs> <laughs> G. Uh, we're talking to uh, Kenny G, who's going to be at the Capitol Theater tonight <laughs> in, uh, Cl- in Clearwater. I've been teasing all morning with these guys who have not seen the documentary. Um, your, I, I haven't told them what it was, and if you don't mind, if we could, if we could briefly relive this. Your move on The Tonight Show was one of the boldest things I've ever seen in entertainment. And that when Johnny Carson hosted The Tonight Show... You were made or braid, broken by the uh, Tonight Show. If you're a comedian, you went up there. The next day, Johnny calls right. you over the couch. You're famous. You're an actor. He puts you over. You're famous. You're an artist. Having the opportunity to go in front of the world for the first time, you got to make your mark. And if you wouldn't mind running through that story to tell them, because I think that's one of the bravest, best stories I've ever heard. Oh, thank you. I really, I appreciate that. Um, well, okay, so in 1986, the Paint the Picture... You're talking about the Johnny Carson show. So for the younger audience listening, Johnny Carson was the show. So it's not like there were seven or eight shows that you could go on. Like now you can go on Jimmy Kimmel or Jimmy Fallon or, or, um, uh, you know, James Corden and all the different shows. And there's Ellen and then there's the talk shows. There's, we didn't have any of that. There wasn't any daytime talk shows. There wasn't any other nighttime shows. It was only Johnny Carson. So painting that picture, like you said, you, you, when you were performing on that, it was a career make or break. So they had me to come on, and they had me come on on the condition that I would play a single that the record company had been pushing and that was out on the radio, and it was a vocal song with a nice sax solo in it, but it was a vocal song. And it was doing pretty well, and they wanted me to, to play on there because that was going to basically make that vocal song into an even bigger hit. And the philosophy was people would buy the song because of the vocals, 
then they discover I was actually the sax player, and hopefully they would like my me and my music. Right. I hated that philosophy, by the yeah. way. I hated it. I didn't like it. So, um, so I'm, I'm on the Johnny Carson show, and they said, well, you can play two songs. I said, well, great. I'll play the single, but then I'm going to play my, my instrumental called Songbird. They go, we could care less what, <laughs> at what the second song is. We're gonna, you're going to do that at 1 in the morning when we're signing off, and we're probably just going to cut the commercial in the middle of your song. But it doesn't matter. Just play wheelchair. I said, great. So when, when, when it's come time for my performance, the guy comes to the, to the door and he goes, hey, you know, with the show's running late, we can't do your second song, so you just do the single and good luck. And he closes the door and I looked at the guys in my band and I said, don't play the single, play, play the, the instrumental. And they, even the guys in my band were going, wait a minute, this is Johnny Carson. You didn't yeah. hear what they told you to do? I said, I heard exactly what they said. When the curtain goes up, because it's live, wasn't like it is today where you have all these um, where it's taped or you have a five-minute uh, delay where they can change things in case you swear, because nobody would swear on TV back then anyway. Right, so that right. wasn't even a thought. Anyway, so the curtain goes up. I play my songbird instead. And the, then the curtain goes down, and the guy that booked me came back and was so mad at me <laughs> for doing that. He goes, I can't believe it. We, we, we don't even want you on the show because you're an instrumental. Who, we don't, you don't do that. And you then, you, you basically said, you didn't say you effed us, but he basically said that. Yeah. And blah, 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 and you're never going to be on the show again, and I, I'm going to make sure you're not on anyone else's show. And I, it, was, it was that. And I just looked at him and said, look, I've been watching Johnny Carson since I was a kid. That was my shot. I had to do what I had to do. And damn right. You're damn right. And you took it. What a ballsy move that was. I know. I, the thing is, I keep thinking to myself, would I have the balls to do that today? Mm. <laughs> I don't know. Wait. I honestly don't know. I probably would still. But, but the, the, what happened was that people uh, had heard this instrumental, and there wasn't anything like that. There, there, this was a new kind of style of music, that I, the way I was playing it. And... Fortunately, everybody loved it, and the and the feedback was they loved it, and so my record company changed the single to the to the instrumental. And the Johnny Carson people called me in six months and asked me to come back specifically to play the song. And I got a couch with with couch with uh, Carson, so that, that's what happened. Did you talk about it when you went on the couch that what you did last time or no? No, no, uh, I, I I was so excited to sit next to Doc Severinsen, mm -hmm. who was the trumpet player and the band leader, that I couldn't believe I was sitting next to Doc Severinsen on my right and Johnny Carson on my left. And listen, I probably was on the couch for like 40 seconds, and he goes, hey, you know, Kenny, that was terrific, uh, it's great to have you, and a great song, and it's a big hit now, or something like that, and then well, I shouldn't have That's all right, that. that's all right, that's all right. Um, I said, man, I can't believe I'm doing that. It was, it was a surreal moment, and really cool, but... You know, thank you for mentioning that. It's really a testament to believing in yourself. Oh, it, it, let me tell you, I, I, as I watched a documentary a while ago, and then knowing you were going to be on the show, I went and watched it again last night. It's on HBO Max if anybody wants to go see it. And uh, it's just kind of like a 30 for 30 with ESPN. You don't have to like Kenny. You don't have to love the music. You just want to watch this story. And there's so many other things in there that you don't know. And Kenny went back to his high school and they asked him to write a message on the wall for the students. And one of the things I, th I thought you wrote was so good. You said, um, go for what you love and practice, practice, practice. There are two keys to success in anything that you want to do is doing it enough times, but really chasing after something you love. And then seeing you apply that to so many things. Kenny is... Uh, a pilot, which, by the way, if I had your money, I would never fly my own plane. <laughs> you know, why would you jeopardize yourself with that? 
<laughs> well, you know, I, I, I'm curious about things that I'm uh, that I like, and I'm cur- I was curious about how airplanes work and how do you fly. So, 30 years ago, I I got my pilot's license, and I've been I've been flying ever since. So, I must be pretty good because I'm still alive. That's true, and uh, also an avid golfer, uh, not just a celebrity golfer, but a real golfer who happens to be a celebrity does very well in that. And uh, you know, and one of the things you said, and uh, and this was, I have a son who's. Uh, 15 years old, and you said that you were having kids and you wanted to know about it, so you started reading books about it and asking questions. You definitely attack everything the same way. My big question for you that I ask all the celebrities on the show is, and it might even be harder for you, do your sons think that you're cool? Oh, that's an easy question. Absolutely they do. They really do. Um, and they're both musicians, so they uh. obviously do because they, they, they saw what uh, what what dad does and they go you know we we like what we see so we'd like to do that too my older son plays guitar he's a heavy metal guitar player i mean that guy is super great at this guitar but he is a shredder like he's a super heavy metal guy and my other son is a film composer and they're both doing well and they will probably do this as their as their life's work so they they definitely think I'm cool. Otherwise, they wouldn't be wanting to do uh, music because then they would have not thought that what I did was cool. But they yeah. I have a great relationship with my boys because I've always treated them uh, with respect and never talked down to them. I've always now I'm not the parent that negotiates. You know, like you, we see these parents where they negotiate with their kids and the kids get away with stuff. It's like I just give my kids great information. I give them the a ram. Yeah. Yeah. Kenny G's a potty mouth. I love <laughs> oh boy, Sorry. that's all right. That's all right. You're okay. You're okay. You're no big deal. I, so, so you, I am a negotiator. I might have to have you come by and speak to my kid before you leave. Just straighten him out a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. That's that. You just don't want to give kids a false sense that they they have more decision making power over your life than they really should. It's not a good thing for them. It gives them a false sense of of importance. Now, if you treat them with respect. They still have a sense of, of, the, of themselves. Let them make the decisions. That gives them all the power they need. But if you give them power over, like, well, what should we have for dinner tonight? And you let them decide every night. It's like, that's not cool. Yeah, no, I get it. This is Kenny G. Kenny G yeah. is going to be at the Capitol Theater tonight. A uh, couple of quick things I want to answer. First of all, they mentioned this in the... I don't think they spend nearly enough time talking about this, but I remember after seeing the documentary for the first time, I came in here, I'm like, do you know Kenny G was one of the first 10 people to, to invest in Starbucks? How great was that? Is that mostly just because of you being in Seattle and knowing those guys and having money at the time, or were you like, hey, this is going to be the thing of the future? No, no, you got it right the first time. I was just, uh, luck- luckily, I was in Seattle. My uncle was one was probably, the, I think, the number two investor in Starbucks. Like, it gave him... They gave some startup money, like right off that. He's the one that called me and said, "Hey, you know, you should uh, put some money into this Starbucks. I think it's going to be good." My uncle told me, and then I looked at some of the other guys that were investing, and I recognized some of these names as savvy business guys from Seattle. Then I met Howard Schultz, uh, who kind of talked to me about what his dream was for Starbucks. And I didn't know much about coffee, but I, I, I think I read people really well. And Howard was such a dynamic guy and a charismatic and. I said, wow, this guy, man, this guy's whatever he does, is going to be yeah. so successful because he's just got that magic. So I, that's what I did. So I was kind of lucky, and I lucky that I had enough money to put a little bit in at the time. And, and obviously it was lucky that it turned out to be a great investment. Well, I will tell you that I personally probably paid for one of your children's college education <laughs> through my consumption of Starbucks, so you're welcome for that. Uh, the other thing Thank is... 
uh, Kenny is the greatest uh, selling instrumentalist of all time. What what instrumental? If you can't like, do you have a favorite instrumental song? Like I was trying to think last night in the documentary, they show a few that were successful, and they point out the thing: if you're an instrumental band and you have a, a hit song, it's usually a one hit wonder. Do you have instrumental songs that you love that are that are popular? Like I, I, what made me think of this was, you know, what song I absolutely love and would listen to in the car by myself if I could is the Sanford and Son theme. I love that guy. Oh song. yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. That's, you know, that's true. Then you like soprano saxes. That was Quincy Jones. Yeah. I remember the melody. That yeah. was a really great song. Um, yeah. So. Uh, it, it, guys, so I like John Coltrane. Some of the old John Coltrane jazz songs, like Naima, is one of my favorite songs. Yeah. It's, a, it's a jazz ballad from the fifties, and it's one of my favorite songs. In fact, we'll play that tonight. Um, the audience doesn't even know that we will that, but if, if you're listening, then you'll know that we're going to play this beautiful John Coltrane ballad as a tribute to old school jazz tonight. That's one of my favorites. I got to tell you, I think anybody that's bought tickets to see your show knows what they're getting. They're really into uh, your music, and they're going to love it. And I think that uh, anybody that doesn't know your music or doesn't care to should at least take the opportunity to watch the documentary on HBO Max because you will see, uh, you know, I, I love, I never care about bicycling. I never want to watch any outside of Lance Armstrong. I don't know anything about bicycling, but when they make a good documentary about it, I'll watch it. This is, was done really well. Kenny G has a very interesting life, and there's a lot of things you can learn from it. And that Tonight Show move, Kenny, will be one of the ballsiest things I've ever learned. And it really is a lesson for everybody where if you got the opportunity, you have to take that chance. And uh, I really enjoyed watching it, and I hope a lot more people uh, get turned on to it. Well, thanks. I appreciate that. And and as far as our show is concerned, I, I can guarantee you that if you're thinking you're going to come to a show that's a going to be a sleepy show with, with just this romantic sax. Okay, yeah, we have that. Yeah. I mean, we, we play beautiful songs, but the show is very dynamic. Uh, there's, a, there's lots of power. There's lots of up-tempo. There's lots of different moods, and my band is so great. That, and the solos that are played by my percussionist, my bass player, the piano player, etc. when you come and see that, you're just going to be really in awe of the musicianship. And I'm not talking about myself specifically, but uh, I know that it may, maybe you're not into sax music, but if you just want to watch some great musicians do great things, come to my show, and I guarantee you're going to be really, really impressed. And uh, even if, if you, you don't really like if, my If you pick the band, they got to be great musicians. How long have you been with these guys? How long, uh, all the same guys for a long time or what? For, yeah, it's like 35 years minimum, and wow. like my uh, keyboard player and I went to high school together, so we're, <laughs> we've are we been together for, for almost 50 years. Oh, by the way, Kenny's had such a great career that in his documentary, when you see uh, some of the outfits he had to wear in the early bands, you're gonna, <laughs> that's worth the, the laughter alone. Can I ask you one more question that might be a little bit uh, a little bit personal, but it was a big news story. Um, Kenny G made, uh, you know, he's gone... Viral a bunch of times on on Twitter. He he really uh, like he approached everything else. Learned how to use the internet the right way. And um, one of the big things was you playing for Kim and Kanye on Valentine's Day. This is the personal part of the question. Did Kanye pay you for that, or were you like this is just a this is a good opportunity for me? Good question. That's a really good question. Well, um, when I got the call to do it, there were people that asked me. He didn't specifically ask me because I didn't know him then. Yeah, and so. I had agreed to do it just because I thought it was, uh, I wanted to. 
Yeah. Then after I did it, the man, his manager said, "Listen, um, we'd love to pay you for it. What, uh, what? What do you? What do you? What do you think you need to get for it?" And I said, "I don't really want to get paid. I like to do this as a as a gesture from one artist to another." So I nice. just we, they they offered. So that's cool. I'm glad they offered because I thought that was a nice gesture. But I didn't want to take it because I didn't want to take it away from the fact that it was a a friendly, you know, sharing of of this thing. It's like. He's trying to do something to impress his wife. I, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't charge him for it. It seemed it seemed wrong to do that. What do you think would have been the number if you were going to put out? A number? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Well, well, okay. I, I, you know, that's a hard one because I don't want to, I don't want to gouge anybody. All right, let me tell you. Let me tell you what I think. How did you have to fly to L.A. or were you already there? No, I just drove there from my house. I was oh. already there. Okay, so, so you're already there. Think, what do you think it's worth? All right, how long did you, how long, how many hours did it end up being? Like, you go there, but you have to wait for her to come home and all that. Like, how much inconvenience? It was it was a little inconvenient. I got there, and I was hustled into a room. Uh, I still hadn't met him, and I think I was in the room for two hours just kind of waiting. Oh. Uh, which was <laughs> yeah. Early. And, uh, and uh, so I got up early, and which is fine. And I get up early anyway, but. Anyway, yeah, so I was in the room for a couple hours, and then I it probably was, I was there four hours, probably, to do it. Oh, I, I mean, at, l- at minimum, a hundred grand. A hundred grand just That's to get you there. A hundred grand. <laughs> yeah. I mean, you're talking about a, two billionaires. <laughs> <laughs> well, l- 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 yes, that would have been fine. I would have, I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have said, hey, that's not enough. I would have right. said that would have been fine. But yeah, so no, uh, that was, but that wasn't, uh, no. Uh, I don't know what your question is. The question is, would would that be, would have that been fine for me? Yes, that would have been just fine. Yeah, you're too you're <laughs> too nice. I wouldn't have I wouldn't have said that to him. I, I, if he asked me for a number, I wouldn't have said that. That would be I would oh, think that was way too much to you say. You need to have me doing your negotiating for you. I would have got you two fifty yeah. off the top, right? Yeah. Hey, I need two fifty, and I need a couple of those ugly Kanye shoes for his kids. Wrap it up and let him go. There you uh, go. Uh, and then you take your commission. You you take the you get the two fifty, and then you say to me it's a hundred, and then that's that's a small deal for you. <laughs> yeah, everybody everybody gets a little piece. Uh, listen, I, this is a real pleasure to talk to you. I I really enjoyed watching about your life. You have had such great success in the many things you've done, and the people who love your music will come see you tonight at the Capitol Theater. Go by and see the great Kenny G. And thank you so much for making time for us to be on the show today. Oh, thanks. I wish I could be there in person, but I'm actually in Sarasota right now, and I'll be getting in a car in about an hour to, to get over there because I had to do something with the Sarasota Film Festival last night. So that's why I'm not there in person. Otherwise, I would have loved to come down to the... Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer and set of offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark.